Blog Talk Radio. Right into this world, all alone. Got to take your soul, you're on your own. The crow flies straight, the perfect line. Hello, everyone, and welcome to a live edition of Weigh In Sports Talk. I'm your host, Brian Tarvin, joined tonight with co-host Trey Patterson. And I am doing a little babysitting tonight while I'm doing the show, so if you hear someone bark, it's well. So hopefully my wife will be home soon. Uh, to take care of him. So welcome Sonia in the chat room right now. Trey's online, about to bring him in. But, man, we have it all in store for you tonight. We're going to do a quick show, but it's going to be thorough, a lot going on. And just in case people missed it, I have to announce this. NDB Media, Roger Noriega, his Tri-State Sports Guys show, we'll have Jerry Rice on. So go back in the archive version and listen to that tonight. That's NDB Media. Tri-State Sports Guys, that is a huge interview. Jerry Rice on there, that's amazing. But, of course, I want you to be here with me, too. So thanks for joining us, everybody. Give the call-in number tonight, 646-716-5564. We're going to love to have you tonight. A lot to debate, a lot going on in sports. And we're going to break down tonight the Sweet 16, all eight matchups, predict our winners. We're going to talk a little NFL. We're going to talk some college football. And, Trey, speaking of college football, I don't know if you heard what's going on with Northwestern right now, but it looks like these guys are going to be treated as employees. Being a a private university, Northwestern athletes are considered employees. What are your thoughts about this? Well, I mean, Tarvin, it's obviously groundbreaking when you think about the history or the landscape of college sports as we know it. Uh, I I think it's a little bit of a surprising ruling. Um, You know, I mean, the labor board, uh, coming forward and, and basically saying um, that these athletes uh, are able to form an association or a union. Uh, I, you know, look at the case. I, I was not, um, I guess, secure that they would find uh, the College Athletes Players Association, which was led by Northwestern's Kane Coulter, would have any success at the National Labor Relations Board. Uh, so I'm a little surprised, Tarvin. I'm still kind of breaking down the ruling and looking at it, but um, I'll tell you, it was a little bit of a surprise. Well, let's, everybody out there listening, make sure you understood what we said, private school. So if you're Ohio State, Auburn, Alabama, you're not private school, so this doesn't apply to you. But, um, Trey, if they want to be considered employees, how about paying taxes on that tuition, that free tuition they get and everything? How about that? Well, I mean, there's some things they're going to have to um, – to play out here. Uh, obviously, what it means is, um, <laughs> I think what the crazy part of what it really means is, you know, this College Athletes Players Association, which is, which is these Northwestern students, um, are they going to try to collect a bargain now? Because, I mean, I mean th- that gets really interesting when we're talking about, um, you know, the student athletes um, and employees and whether or not they're able to unionize and then obviously form some sort of collecting and bargaining agreement because, um, you know, how do you do that with scholarships? 
you know, I, it's just going to get it's, – it's interesting, Tarvin, and I think a lot of this decision um, ha- are going to be interesting when we play them out uh, for the real world and how they're actually going to play out with how the student and the university, uh, they, how they deal with each other. I am very, very disappointed in hearing this, Trey. It, it, if it's starting now and it's going to private, just imagine in the next few years what it's going to be like. Before long, you're going to see all of these athletes getting paid some kind of siphon and money. And, Trey, that's when, honestly, you may not believe this, but that's when I may, I may lose my love for the game, really, because if these guys are starting to get paid for what they do, then they're professionals. And, you know, you know, people get lazy at work sometimes. But I like college football because these guys are playing for a team. They're playing to get to the next level. And and I don't want to see it, Trey. I don't want to see these guys getting paid. Uh, I will lose love for college football if it starts, if it goes any deeper, and I have a feeling it's going to. Yeah, and, and just to be um, sort of clear on, on what this means, is it doesn't mean right now that, um, you know, this group, of, you know, that I keep naming in Northwestern can sort of start uh, unionizing and forming a collective bargaining agreement. It's not what it means. It's, it's, it's a road to that. Uh, it only applies to the students at the private schools, what we talked about. Uh, and then the public school kids need to basically appeal to their own state labor board. Um, so, I mean, this is obviously going to be appealed by Northwestern to the higher um, you know, National Labor Relations Board. Uh, but the wheels are in motion for these students at Northwestern, at least, to start forming a union in the coming year. So we'll have to see where this goes. I mean, this is like the Ed O'Bannon litigation, which I think you and I haven't talked about a whole lot in a while, but I think people need to keep it on the radar because there's, you know, the Ed O'Bannon lawsuit and, and this uh, are all set to basically change college football and sports as we know it, and that's why, like, you know, things like NCAA football for your PlayStation is no longer in existence because there are a lot of people out there who think that um, a lot of these lawsuits, uh, in a lot of the ways that the NCA has been allowed to run themselves um, without any sort of you know, protections or antitrust protections, that it's all going to change. We'll have to see. Well, these smart kids from Northwestern, Trey, I mean, who would have thunk it? You know, who would have thunk they would be, they would be the ones to to make this, you know, to get the ball rolling. And this is. This is monumental when it when it comes to this. But staying in college football, I want to talk about Georgia Bulldogs and Mark Richt. I don't know how familiar you are with this story, but was it last week four Georgia players got arrested? Um, even though it's a misdemeanor trade, these guys were stealing money. They were cashing two checks, actually. They were and you know getting money. It's a misdemeanor in Georgia. But Mark Ricks and he's mulling over the punishments. The players are still practicing right now. Misdemeanor or not, Trey, theft by deception is serious. I mean, you think theft by deception. Those are two bad things right here we're talking about. Why is Mark Rick hesitating on this? He has the proof. He knows what he has. I mean, is, is he worried that maybe his team won't be as good if he suspends four of his best players? Well, I mean, let's be honest. First of all, Mark Rick has been a pretty big authoritarian when it comes to his athletes. So, I mean, uh, that he's thinking about the punishments and what he's going to do, you know, that's – I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt. I mean, a lot of schools in the SEC have Mark Rick to thank for their success, including Auburn and LSU and other schools who have benefited from players he's kicked off. So, 
you know, Mark Rick is a guy who's had a lot of unfortunate, and you could say, I think at the end of thing, you could say he's recruited uh, poor characters. Um, maybe that's the more accurate thing to worry about. Uh, but, you know, when it comes to Mark Rick and punishment, Tarvin, I really don't have a lot to criticize him on because I think that he has done a good job of, of, of basically holding players accountable, uh, whether they're misdemeanors or felonies or whatever it is. Uh, Mark Rick has been a guy who's, who's helped people speak to the fire when it comes to that. Well, tell me this. Let's let's go into the mind of Mark Rick, and, and what you said is true. I mean, it, it has been true. He's lived up to, to being a disciplinarian, but he sees other schools, and, and just tell me if I'm thinking the way Mark Rick could be thinking, Trey. He sees other schools, athletes get in trouble, do things. They get suspended for a game or so. They're winning on the field. He kicks his players off. They they suffer. Those players go to other schools, a.k.a. Nick Marshall, <laughs> and and help those teams do good. So do you think mm-hmm. Mark Rick feels like, you know, he just he wants to give these kids more of a break? He sees other schools doing it, and he's tired of them going to other schools and beating it. Yeah, I mean, that that's not an impossible thought, Tarvin, uh, you know, that you have with Mark Rick's like, hey, you know, I keep doing what I think is right. I mean, I, and I think, honestly, we, you and I have talked about this, and, you know, Alabama's decision, um, I don't even want to mention the kid's name, the robbery kid, um, you know, who went back to Alabama after being in JUCO for a year. Um, you know, you see that kind of stuff. If you're, if you're one of the other SEC teams and you see this defensive lineman in Alabama who was involved with a robbery scheme on base, you know, felony-level type stuff, uh, and Alabama takes him back because he's a very talented defensive lineman. I think the rest of the SEC and the rest of college football, I mean, there is something to be said. You know, Nick Saban is a trendsetter in some of this stuff, and when he allows that kind of stuff to basically to, to come back for second chances, I think people like Mark Rick have, have to think, okay, maybe I should reevaluate how hard I am with certain types of offenses. Yeah. I mean, I think so. I mean, Sonia in the chat room says, Mark Rick just acts too late. He has had plenty of chances to handle it. As soon as he hears of it, that they wait. Georgia is known for giving kids a break. So that's from the words of, that's from the mouth of Sonia Minson here. And welcome, Jason and Sonia, to the chat room. Trey, but you know it has to be frustrating when you see these guys go to other schools and, and end up making you look bad. We saw Cam Newton doing it at Florida. He went to junior college for a year, went to Auburn, and you saw Nick Marshall do it, and you saw Mettenberger do it at LSU. But Mark Rick, to me, I think Sonya's right, Trey. I think he does act late sometimes, and I don't think the players there really really respect him. I, I really don't. Mark Rick's a great guy. I mean, he's a Christian. He's a good example. But I think at the end of the day, change is needed in Georgia. I think new leadership, new fear needs to be put in these players' trade because theft by deception, even though it's a misdemeanor, my God, I mean, it's serious. You're stealing money, really. I mean, well, what's the difference in, in the robbery? There's not much difference there except the assault that went with it. Well, I mean, you know, Tarvin, that's sort of a fair point. Um, you know, with you know the types of crime, they're both monetary. I think any, any type of crime of violence would, you know, pet away. I think that does take it to a different level. Um, but, you know, the victim also matters in this case. You know, if you're talking about students at the university, to me that matters a lot more because that's the safe environment that the school um, promises. 
it's students. And so when you have a football player who violates that, not only in a, you know, in a violent way, but also takes from other students, I, I think that to me, if I'm a head coach, and that's where I disagree with what Nick Saban did, and maybe here with Mark Rick as well, we'll see. I think you have to boot those players off the team because they violated the trust of that university and the sanctity of the safety of that university. Well, Trey, we have a caller. Sonia Minson is back. Sonia, I know you're not feeling well tonight. Thank you for joining us. How are you? Hey, guys. I'm doing all right. Hey, Trey. Hey, how's it going? Yeah, sorry. I I, I saw the pictures of that lovely baby, so I just had to throw (laughs) that in there really quick before I started. (laughs) Thank you for posting, (laughs) okay? Um, I will. I wanted to say you both are right um, in in both your your comments, and and I wanted to clarify what I said about uh, Mark Rick because I don't want UGA fans getting mad at me because I've got some real close friends that are dog fans. In his ex late is Mark Rick. <clears throat> he basically back in the day when all of the stuff started with UGA, Mark Rick took the approach that a lot of coaches, including. Um, the incident that you just brought up, Trey, like Nick Saban, are taking now. And his thing was, okay, before we just assume this kid is guilty, let's get the facts. Let's, you know, there might be, it might be a circumstantial uh, situation. You know, the kid might have been in the wrong place at the wrong time. So I give him credit for that. And on the outside looking in, it looks like that he's being soft, you know. He should, on some situations, maybe he should have acted quicker. I can say the same thing about Nick. You know what I mean? We we can sit here and judge, but we don't know. And I know from experience, not only through myself and, and my brothers and, and friends, sometimes you might get arrested and charged with something, and you're really innocent. You know what I mean? You just got caught up in a situation. So I really think that it's smart of these coaches, unless it's a violent assault, you know, rape, robbery, something like that, Let's step back, or unless it's something um, with the four players where you can prove they did it. You know what I'm saying? But on some of these other situations, we need to step back and let the police do their job, let them do their full investigation, let things play out, and let's find out all sides before we just go say, okay, kick them off the team, you know, uh, kick them out of school. And I just think that that's, that's what a lot of people need to step back and, and realize is that <clears throat> we don't know the whole story. You know, we don't know what was going on with this kid beforehand. We don't know if it's their, their second or third time or if this is a first defense or whatever. So before we jump in and just want to just automatically say, you know, get rid of these kids, we need to step back and let the let the, the investigation run its course. But I totally agree with Trey and, and with you, Tarvin. If it's violent or something like that, then definitely. You know, even if, even if it's still investigating, at least suspend them. You know, and that's what, what Bama did with the four players. They suspended them, they were off campus, and then once the police investigation was done, then of course they were kicked off the team and kicked out of school. But there are some incidents you just, if it's a nonviolent, you just don't know. But Mark Rick, in some incidents, he has acted a little bit too cautiously, which I think has trickled down, and it's almost that mindset of, because um, a good friend of ours, her son played, um, Tavares, what's his name? Um, good Lord, why can't I think of his child's last name? <laughs> his mom's on the radio here on V103. But anyway, he had said when he first got down there, there was kind of this this air of you could pretty much 
get away with stuff at UGA more so at other schools because Coach Rick's pretty laid back. And whether that's true or not, the fact that that's even mentioned or that's a perception of the players is an issue that he really needs to address. Yes, that's, that's a good point. And, and, you know, I think of these kids, guys, and everybody. I remember when I was 18, 19 years old. I mean, did I get arrested? No, I didn't. Could I have been arrested? Yeah, I could have. Did that make me, you know, a bad person? No. I mean, I think I turned out pretty good. I think I was good back then. Trey, do you think some of these coaches are too quick to, to kick kids out of school to give them second chances because sometimes – these coaches get those knee-jerk reactions where they, they don't want to be perceived as being soft, so they jump to judgment, like Sonia said, and kick somebody off the team. So when is it time to kick someone off of a team? Well, I think it depends on the situation, obviously. And I agree with Sonia. I mean, I, I'm not saying that you don't wait for the investigation. And I think you wait until the, the entire judicial process has, has played out. I mean, investigations don't necessarily equate to um, – something that actually happened. I mean, uh, so, I mean, I want to see what happens in court. Do they plead guilty to an offense? What do they plead guilty to? Uh, yeah, and that kind of stuff, if they go that route. Um, but, you know, if you're talking about a crime uh, on the university that affects someone else, and whether it's, you know, targeting like violence like with the, the robbery, or whether it's even, you know, where somebody's scamming checks off other students, I have a problem if it violates the sort of trust and sanctity of the university. I think no matter what happens, um, whether it's a misdemeanor conviction or I think if they get convicted of something and it sort of breaks the trust of the university, I think they have to go. Uh, and you're not talking about, I'm not saying that, um, you know, they might be a good kid and they, they deserve a second shot someplace else. Um, it's like DJ Pettaway. I'm, I'm not saying that necessarily, you know, he has to be thrown out forever. Uh, I just have a problem with it being at the same school where he, bro- he mm-hmm. broke that trust in a, in a violent manner. Um, I totally agree with you, Trey. Totally yeah, and so you know, let him have a second shot with Georgia. I, I don't care, uh, but I just think that you know, if I'm a student and I see him around campus after he did that, he's living the high life, you know, in the football program. That sends the wrong message to me, uh, and I think that sends the wrong message to a lot. And so I think that's what Mark Rick has to consider, Tarvin. It, it, yeah. Even though this is not a, a violent theft, yeah. uh, I think he has to consider yeah. that aspect. Now, let me, and and I know you're about to say something, Tarvin, because I don't want to interrupt you guys, but I do have to ask this, because it was one of you, I think, or it might have been both of you. What was the situation, if you guys can recall, my mind just, I just had a brain fart, but something went on at some school, I can't remember if it was, I don't know if it was um, the quarterback at Notre Dame, but the whole thing that was brought up on all the, the sports groups and all the boards was, what about that honor system? You know, what are you saying about the honor system? Does it only apply to other students and not to athletes? So I think Trey, Trey's point kind of speaks to that, too. Now, Golson at Notre Dame, the quarterback, was cheating and for his grades. And, yeah, honor means something. It, it should mean something. You're exactly right, Sonia. He got to come back. But I guarantee you, just like you said, if it would have been a normal student cheating, they would never be allowed back in school. They could go to school somewhere else, but it wouldn't be back at Notre Dame. And, Trey, that's who she's talking about, correct? Yeah, and, yeah, I think that's who you're talking about. And, you know, that's that's my ultimate problem with it, and I think, you know, maybe all of us agree on this, is you just can't have a double standard, uh, and especially now. But, by the way, this is going to get worse. Um because if, if students are able to unionize, 
Oh. And if they start getting play, if they start getting paid, then that has an entire new dynamic that um, that you. I mean, you're talking about you know, hiring and firing decisions. I mean, so we're talking about a new level once all of the complications get going for this. Um, yeah. So I mean, just more to come on this, Tarvin. More to come. Oh yeah, and, and yeah. Trey hit right on the head. That right, that what Northwestern just did is they just screwed up college football. I don't care what anybody says. They just screwed up college football. And going back to the the previous point, I look at it like this: If I worked at a bank and I stole money, they are not going to say, "Okay, well, you can't work at this bank, but you can go work at this bank over here." You know, you can go work at this branch over here. You know, or something. To, you know, it's the same standard. And and if we're raising these kids, if these kids are in college to learn to be responsible. Um, members of society and responsible adults, and guess what? Hey, decisions have consequences. So if you decide to break the trust, well, hey, you broke it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Great it's point, Tanya. Fired, escorted out by security. So I just wanted to throw that in there. And then um, the Northwestern thing, I'm glad you guys are bringing that up. So I just want to sit because I might want to pop in on that one. But go ahead. All right. Well, yeah, the, you know, I, I'm all about them. If they want to be treated like employees, they can be treated just like I am. You know, I pay taxes, a lot of taxes, it seems like. I pay for health insurance. And these guys have education. What is it, about seventy, eighty thousand 80000 a year to go to Northwestern Trade? So I really want to see them treated like that. I want some taxable income here. I want... I want them to do what I do every year about April 15th, and that's pay the government every last penny you have, and and nothing's free. You're an employee. You pay for yeah. it, Trey, and that's what, I, that's what I want to see, buddy. Well, and, you know, you bring up health care, and that's another area that I'm telling you is going to get complicated, uh, not <laughs> only with the new health care law and that kind of stuff, but we're talking about these guys are given health and in fact, I mean, we're talking about major, major health care. I mean, they're on, I mean, basically the most premium health care known, known to sports. I mean, when they're in major college universities. I mean, you're talking about Tommy John surgery for baseball players. You're talking about, you know, major knee reconstructions, back surgeries. I mean, you name it. You're talking about tens of 20 or so thirty thousands of dollars for the health care, the facilities, you know, the masseuses. I mean, you name it. Um, I mean, I think at some point, if, if they're going to go the employee route, um, that's going to start becoming an itemized part of their of – the, I mean, so there's just all kind of stuff with this that's going to make this uh, a lot more complicated than I think these smart kids at Northwestern have thought about. Trey, Trey, how about workers' comp? What do you think about yeah. that? You know, if a player gets hurt, hey, I'm getting workers' comp here. You're going to be paying me for the rest of my life. I got hurt on the job here. What about unemployment? (laughs) (laughs) Well, Tarvin, hey, let me tell you guys, I just read a story about Alabama. We had, our athletics department had a 20, I think it was $21.2 million surplus this past season. So think of that money. (laughs) If you're a recruit, Coming in, and you see what's going on at Northwestern, and you you read that the team that you play for, the athletic department that you represent, has a surplus of twenty one point two million. What are you thinking? And funny is that after they paid for the swimming team and the lacrosse team and everything. 
it's total surplus for all the teams. I was I read it and I was just like, wow, okay. I mean, I yeah, knew you know Bamble was making some money, but God, dog. <laughs> yeah, that, that's incredible. Oh. I mean, you know, think about this too. I mean, like Florida State, for instance, in the ACC championship game, lost like two hundred million dollars. Or wow! It was some some crazy number. I, I could be misrepresenting the number, but it was some astronomical million number. And, and you know, because they have to buy six hundred tickets for the band mm-hmm. and all this stuff, and travel them, and then there's you know just all this this cost associated with um, sometimes some of this stuff. In fact, a lot of schools lose money at some of these bowls. So I mean, if these kids are going to be employees, and they're going to pay their way, <laughs> like. The bus just got worse. I mean, you're talking about it's going to be like Major League, Harvey, and we're going to have an old 1970s bus. There's no air conditioner <laughs> <some> more. <laughs> With smoke no coming out of the... Yeah, With no air conditioner, a plane. Remember Major League when they were riding that plane and they didn't even know if there was a, fly, a person <laughs> flying the plane, you know? That's how bad it can cheap it could get, but... I, I just, but, Trey, now let me ask, does the, um, does the ACC do uh, revenue sharing? Yeah, they do. Yeah. They do? Yeah. Okay. I was just wondering. <laughs> I'm like 200 million. I might be. Bowl games. Oh, you have to cut these bowl games down because these smaller schools that that go to bowl games, it's great. Okay, the fans. Hey, we get to go to a bowl game. Guess what? Your school just lost a ton of money because you know you're not going to sell the tickets. You know that it costs a lot of money to travel for these schools. They're not Alabama. So they're not Southern Cal. They're not Texas. So, I mean, it's like, yeah. wow, we get to go to a bowl game, but now we're bankrupt. But exactly. anyway, <laughs> we'll, 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 we'll follow this story more. Just an update in basketball in case y'all care. The NBA, Indiana up right now on Miami, 31-24. to Trey, this is for, I mean, I, I think this game's very important tonight. Both teams have been struggling. Indiana and Miami, how important is this game in your eyes tonight? Well, I think it's more important just for sheer momentum. Uh, these two teams are two teams that I think are going to want to at least assert some sort of dominance against the other for the playoffs. And I think that's what it's important against is a little bit of a, you know, that, that sort of that, you know, in your mind you have to get that you're you're going to dominate another team, and I think that's what it's important for. Because uh, I think you're going to see probably uh, the Pacers be the number one seed in the East. Sonia, is it just me, or do you feel the same way? Are you still locked out of the NBA? I know, Sonia, you, you locked yourself out too, so are you unlocked? <laughs> yeah, I'm on strike. Dude, <laughs> I'm going to be honest. Jason and I were actually talking about this, and um, uh, who was it? We had some friends um, last week. And we were just talking about just how the NBA has changed and just it's just ridiculous now. I can't tell you, I can't name one starting Hawk. I'm going to be honest. I don't know who's playing for the Hawks. I don't know what's going (laughs) on. I am so sick of the NBA, this money, this whole we're going to um, uh, have one superstar and build the team around him. Or you can do what the Hawks do. Their strategy is, okay, we're going to get some, you know, on their way down players, <laughs> and we're going to recruit. You know, we're going to draft the top, this one superstar, and then we're going to get all these old aging veterans that are about to retire and try to make a team around him. You know, it's, it's just ridiculous, dude. I just, come on. The money, 
the whole ego, I'm so sick of the NBA. It's not even competitive now. It's just, ugh, whatever. Yep. Trey, 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 I think Sonia has a point there. I mean, how much NBA have you watched, Trey, this year? Well, uh, watching, not much. I mean, I'll be honest, I do check every single box score um, the next morning or the night of, depending on when the game's in. Uh, so fantasy I, I do basketball, keep all... fantasy basketball, Trey. That's the <laughs> only reason you do that. Yep, pretty much. Yeah, I mean, I'm with Sonya. It is, I mean, the funny thing about the NBA, they're trying to compete. They think they can try to compete with the NFL with their ratings. And let me tell you this, nobody can compete with the NFL. It's never going to happen. Nobody's going to come close, Sonya. And, and I don't exactly. know if you heard Mark Cuban talking about it. You know, he's the greediest guy in the world. But he's jealous because the NFL is out there getting all these ratings. They're taking every night. They're extending their season. Now they're going to extend the playoffs. Do you think the NBA can ever catch the NFL? No. That was a dumb nope. question, wasn't it? That was that was kind of a stupid <laughs> question. You know, Trey, no, I'm stupid you... for even asking that. No, you're not stupid at all. But um, did you did you see the Dr. J um, the Dr. J special and then the one on uh, Bird and uh, uh, Magic Johnson? Yes. Okay. Do you remember in both of those they talked about how until really Dr. J entered the NBA, how it was all it's it's it was basically where it is now. Like they were struggling to sell tickets; they couldn't give tickets away. So, to me, the NBA will never, ever be on the level of the NFL, number one, because football is, to me, is just, it's an American sport. Everybody loves it. You know, even though basketball is, but to me, more people, there are more fans of football. And with the NBA, I just think because of the fact that it's not really team, it's, how do I put this? Back in the day when you had, Bird, uh, Danny Ainge, Robert Parrish, um, what's his name, uh, Johnson. When you had those guys, that was a team. Now, Larry was a, the, was a standout, but you had you could name all the other players. You could name the starting five. Yep. These days, and it kind of started after, you know, the post-Michael Jordan era, it was we're going to get this one player and we're going to throw these other guys on here, but everything is going to be marketed about this one player. You know, he's going to get the endorsements. He's going to be the face of the franchise. We're just going to put him out there. And to me, not until Doc Rivers came to Boston and brought that team concept back did people started, you know, people started really looking and, and getting more back into basketball or back into the NBA. But there's too many egos. There's too much money to be made individually. And I don't think there's a real sense of loyalty. And even though there's, there's really, you can't really look at loyalty when money's involved, I do think there's a greater sense of loyalty on both sides, from the fans and also from certain players when it comes to football versus the NBA. It's just That's like a, a whole different point. atmosphere. Yeah, NBA to me, Trey and Sonia, it feels to me it's all about the individual and like Sonia said, after the door, but I could used to name the starting lineup of the Lakers, Celtics, Bulls, Pistons. Now I couldn't. I mean, oh, the Heat's about Wade, LeBron, OKC's about um, what's his name, Westbrook and Durant. 
I mean, it's just yep. all about one or two players, and that's what you see. And I think it's so selfish. I'm watching this game while I'm doing this show. Yeah, I'm telling on myself. But it's just <laughs> they're lazy, Trey. I mean, they, they don't play defense. It's just like wrestling. It's almost that's what it looks like to me. I mean, it's just. It, it, I mean, you watch the you you watch March Madness, and you see these players giving all they have, playing defense and doing that. And then you watch NBA. Trey, am I wrong that? I mean, there's just more excitement in college than there is the NBA. I'll watch the NBA when the playoffs come, Trey, but right now I can't get that excited about it. Exactly. You hit it, Thomas. Well, yeah, I mean, college is not really exciting until the playoffs either. But, um, you know, the one thing I will say about you and I talked about Cuban last week is I had some time to sort of can look at, sort of research some of his, art, his argument. Uh, and if you get past, some of the bravado that I think people have problems with, I do have a question that the NFL has yet to answer, and that's with if you look at and the, the same people who Adam Silver, who does uh, projection, excuse me, projections in baseball and all of the sports and correctly predicted almost every single uh, political race this past uh, election, uh, so they're pretty good with numbers, sort of ran some numbers on the NFL's problems. And one of the things they came up to was the youth football numbers right now and how low they are and how if you develop that out for about 15 years, it could end up being a problem for the NFL based on lack of people playing football. So, you know, that's I don't know if that's, that's really not what Cuban was getting at, but I think that's one of the underlying things with football they have to figure out with all the people worried about health concerns uh, the NFL denying a lot of it, and then all of a sudden having to retract, you know, years of them of their denial of being like, oh yeah, I guess what we're really just, we're ready to settle uh, these concussion suits because turns out they're real. Uh, you know, they have some problems in that, Harvin, and, and long term, you know, that that might be an issue for the NFL unless they can figure that kind of stuff out. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to tell you, I played football, basketball, baseball. Let me tell you, you can get concussions in basketball, too. Trust me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've, ha- I've had a couple, but, but that's a good point about the the lower number. But let's face it, there's a million football players out there, and there's there's players out there now that could be in the NFL, but there's just there's not enough room for them. They're on practice squads. Maybe they just disappear. I don't think the numbers are going to really affect the NFL. You could be right, Trey. But uh, that's a good point you brought up there. I, I never thought about it that way. How about yeah, Friday very Night Tights? Have, have you all ever watched Friday Night Tights? Those kids are serious about football, those peewees. Oh, yeah, they're I all going to be asking questions by the time they're eight, though. So they're going to be out of the NFL. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, it's easier for to make it into the NFL into the NBA these days, too. Yeah, I mean, think about it. Yep. You got five yep. that are going to be. Fewer players. Yeah, so it's like, hey, you know, that's why I also think that with uh, football, it'll always be ahead of the NBA and ahead of basketball. And I love basketball. I'm like you, I play basketball. But watching, I would much rather watch college, and I I love watching the women's. I love watching the Lady Balls. Um, I'd much rather watch that than to watch an NBA game. There's just no heart there anymore. I just don't feel it. I do not feel it either, and that's probably one of the reasons we're going to move off the NBA topic, but uh, a good game, important game tonight in the NBA, I'm sure a lot of people think so. Right now, Indiana's up 40-34 to 34 with three minutes left in the first half. 
NFL news real quick. Trey Jarrett Allen agrees a four-year deal with the Bears, $15.5 million guaranteed. Good move for the Bears, right? I, actually, I think it is. Um, Jared Allen's a guy who really, I mean, has still been very uh, effective and, and impactful uh, for defenses. So, you know, replacing Julius Peppers with Jared Allen seems like um, really not much of a change at all. In fact, it may be a little bit of a flight of an upgrade. Well, you look at one of the worst defenses, Sonya, in the NFL last year. They have the offense to be able to win their division. They just couldn't stop anybody. How big of a move is this for Chicago? What do you think about uh, Viking going to play for the Bears? I'm sure the angry gopher is not very happy about that. <laughs> well, he's upstairs. I was hoping he would come down because I know he would love to be a part of this conversation. But um, it, it is what it is. You know, I think Jason – Jason's concern right now with the Vikings is more for quarterback. He doesn't care about anything else right now. <laughs> and the Bears, oh, Lord help them. God bless their little hearts. <laughs> Just <laughs> whatever, whatever works for you, baby. Yeah, the Bears needed that that shot in the arm, really. But uh, Trey, I don't, I don't like the days where we are now, where. You can go from in division from one team to the other division. I mean, God, I just don't like it. I mean, I thought Minnesota and Chicago hated each other, Trey. Well, um, money, money talks, talks right? players players walk. <laughs> yeah, I just I just thought that was interesting. And, and another thing we haven't even discussed: Michael Vick, Trey. Goes to New York. I mean, I don't know how many teams Michael Vick's going to play on, but is he any threat to Geno Smith? I don't. I don't see Geno Smith relinquishing that starter's uh, job right now. Do you? Oh yeah, I'm going to disagree with you on that one. I, I, you know, I am not a Geno Smith fan. I think Michael Vick will start for the Jets, and Geno Smith will be on the bench uh, week one. Well, I'm not a fan either of Geno Smith, but Sonia, Michael Vick to New York. I'm, well, what, what were your initial thoughts when you saw this? Is he going to be a starter? Is he going to be a backup? Is he there to kind of mentor young <laughs> Geno Smith? Well, when I first saw it, I started laughing. And then <laughs> and then I had to realize I was thinking too logically, and that's not how the Jets operate. So <laughs> basically, whatever makes sense, just do the opposite. And that's what the Jets are going to do. <laughs> but it was good to see, you know, they finally got rid of Mark Sanchez. And uh, one of the biggest things uh, that my friends were saying, because I posted it on my wall too, and uh, it was like, well, who's he going to throw to? You know, the Jets have no receivers. And I'm like, ah, you forget, Decker. You know, Decker's got a five-year deal. Now, this is what I think is going to happen. I think Vic's going to come in. They're going to start Geno. Vic will be the backup. The first time Geno screws up, they'll throw Vic in there. See what happens. Let's see if he's got to have an O-line that can protect him because that's Vic's biggest problem is he gets beat up because he had a weak O-line. They did nothing to protect him. They were just they were like tissue paper. <laughs> so dealing with that, if he's got a strong O-line, I believe Vic's got something in him. He's going to show out. Now, as far as his receiver, he's going to have Decker. Uh, I forgot the other dude was his name. Um, and also they're looking at, I don't know if you guys heard about this, but they're talking to Deshaun Jackson. So just think, if he has Decker and Jackson, the Jets might turn around and do something. Never know. But, again, it's the Jets. So (laughs) take everything I said with a grain of salt. 
I'm thinking that this move was made, and it it, it is good to to have that that competition. I, I think Mark Sanchez. Let's just face it. Geno Smith wasn't worried about Mark Sanchez. Trust me. Oh God no. He could care less. But now you have someone that's electrifying that can be. He, he does get injured. That's partly to blame for his offensive line. Uh, but now he comes in, and I think, Trey, that threatens Geno Smith a little bit, and maybe they're trying to get more out of him. Because let's say mm-hmm. that with Mark Sanchez, he knew he was a starter. But now with Michael Vick, how much harder does Geno Smith work in the offseason to improve? Because going towards the end of last year, he did make a lot of strides, in my opinion, of becoming a better quarterback, Trey. Well, I mean, I don't think he's, a, I don't think he's an NFL-caliber uh, starter. I think Vick will come in. Uh, as long as Vic will, Vic will be healthy, um, I think Vic takes him down during uh, during the preseason games. I think Geno Smith will be groomed for a year or two, and then maybe maybe he becomes um, an NFL-ready quarterback uh, who's a lot more consistent. But I think Geno Smith needs a year uh, oh, yeah. of watching. Oh, man. Oh, Hold on. I missed a call. Guys, I missed a call from Quinn, was in the, the studio. He put his hand up, and then he put it down. But, Quinn, I'm raising your hand back up. What's going on, man? We missed you. Hello. You there? Quinn, are you there? Yeah, I'm Hello. here. What's up? Oh, I just wanted to talk about the Jared Allen. I was pretty happy about the move. Quinn. Yeah? Quinn. Yeah, hello. <laughs> Quinn, yeah, I don't know Quinn I'm hearing a beep in the background. I don't know what's going on. Are you, I don't know if you have a, you're on a polygraph machine or what. But. <laughs> or do you have it on speaker? Or are you near a speaker or something? Or is somebody calling no. you? No. Okay. Just say hello. I'm going to let you guys finish talking. Hello. <laughs> uh, but I just wanted to get in on the Jared Allen thing. I was pretty happy about it, especially since... Hoppers went to the Packers. Yeah, Quinn, call back in if you can, man. I I can't hear you, and I'm hearing a lot of beeps. And, and Trey, I'm sure you heard the same thing, right? It's not me. Yeah, I heard it as well. I think I think uh, Quinn's got to get sort of tracker on him or something, maybe. maybe. He's under a polygraph right now doing something. He's trying to take a lie detector test. Because I, t- I called him Quinn and it started beeping like it wasn't his name. I don't know, I don't know what is going on. But guys, let's let's move on right quick. Tanya, you're you're welcome to stay with us if you'd like to. We're going to jump on to college basketball. We okay. have a few minutes left, and the big thing going on right now, the Sweet 16. And Trey, I don't know if you want to give the standings right now in our weigh-in sports bracket or not. I don't know if, if you feel like doing that. Are you embarrassed? Are you feeling low? I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't even know. I don't, I'll be honest with you. I don't even know what they are. My, I'm guessing Trey, you dropped from first to sixth from the time oh, we were okay. on the show to the time I went to bed. But you know what? You're close. You're, everybody's close in our bracket. The lowest person right now is Brian Tarvin, B-R-Y-A-N, Trey. That's the lowest and the highest is myself, my bracket. But it's it's fun doing the bracket this year. Trey, I believe you have everybody left in your bracket besides Oklahoma State in the Final Four, correct? Yeah, yeah. I think um, Elite Eight's intact other than them. Yeah, I have seven out of the eight, Elite Eight, 12 out of 16, Sweet 16. But this time it seems like every year 
that that my bracket looks good, and then all of a sudden it goes to crap. That's what <laughs> scares me about the Sweet 16 right now. In ESPN, I'm in the top 99.4 percentile, but these games, Thursday and Friday, usually kill me. And, Tanya, I don't know how excited you are about the Sweet 16 this year, but what are your thoughts about this Florida-UCLA matchup tomorrow? Um, I have not been following it that much. Uh, you know, mainly because of health and personal issues. But <clears throat> my husband has, and he's been keeping me informed, and we watched a couple of games. Uh, I'm really <laughs> – dude, I just – this reminds me of, um, was it 2000 – it was either 2011 or 2012 when um, Butler just came out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. Except this time you've got like ten Butlers. You've got these little schools coming out of nowhere, but I love the reasoning, and I love what a lot of the analysts and even Jason made this point. The reason these teams, these these small schools, are coming together and just knocking off these top seeds is because these kids have stayed and played together. They're a true team. Yep. You yep. know, you don't have uh, who's um, – and this shows you just how much I care about basketball. What's a uh, – Unibrow dude, what's his name? <laughs> that plays in the NBA now, the one with the one eyebrow. Oh, you're talking about. Oh, you're talking about the guy from the Pelicans, the big kid. What's his name from Kentucky? What's his name, Trey? Yeah. Uh, Davis. Yeah, Davis. Okay. Remember when he was there? It was like, okay, boom, I'm done. Won the won the the, the championship. Now I'm going to the NBA. They're coming out too early. They're not ready. And to me, these smaller schools are showing why you need to stay your butt there the entire time. Forget all this coming out early. This It's really beginning to affect the, not only the professional sports, but just the, the development of these kids. I just think it's going to yeah, be – at this point, it's anybody's game. I'm going to be honest. Sonia, you're right on it in everything you said, but these kids these days, all they care about is getting paid. I don't think they have any intentions of winning a championship. If they do, great. If not, they're there to pay. It's like you go, you know, you, you go to boot camp, you have to pay your dues. Now you're, you're in the military. You have to pay your dues. That's what these kids look at. And, Trey, Kentucky could be showing us right now that one and done, could, it, it may not be a bad idea if Calipari can make couple more wins out of this and make a Final Four period. Well, I mean, obviously it's one argument to make. Um, we'll have to, yeah, you're right. We'll have to see them. Wichita State was a big win for them, and now I have Louisville. There are three teams in the tournament that run the offense that Louisville does, uh, Dayton and Louisville, and the third one actually escapes me, but uh, oh, excuse me, Iowa State. So I will have to see how they handle Louisville. Well, Trey, a lot of people are putting Florida on upset alert. UCLA is a hot team right now. I mean, you have to admit they're very hot. But Florida, are they ready to to kick it up a notch? I think they're going to have to kick it up a notch. I think that's what they're waiting on. A lot of experts think this could be a close game. I, on the other hand, I don't think it's going to be that close. I think Florida pulls away in the last 10 minutes and wins this game by double digits. What are your thoughts on the Florida-UCLA matchup? Well, no, I'm kind of a, I'm kind of going back and forth on it. I kind of agree with you. I'm not so sure that UCLA is really an elite competition. You know, 
I think Florida is still not going to be tested all that much. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if UCLA plays well, but at the same point, uh, I kind of I, I tend to side with Utah. Yeah, Florida to me, to me the most complete team in the tournament, and and when you factor in they've been to three straight elite eights, no way they're getting denied making it any further than what they are. They're going to at least make it to the Final Four this year because when they get past UCLA, guess what, Dayton or Stanford, I think those are very beatable teams. I think you can almost pencil in Florida in the Final Four. They have the easiest road, you know, left. They play a five seed, and they could possibly play a 10 or an 11 seed to make it to the Final Four. On the flip side. Sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead. I was going to ask no, I was going to ask no, you because I know you're following it closer than I am. What's um, um, Michigan State? How are they looking? Michigan State, they're good Michigan right State. now. They're in the Sweet 16 against Virginia. Okay, it's all or nothing this year. There's the anger Gopher. It's all or nothing this year for Izzo. After this year, he loses everyone. I mean, he's got nothing to back it up, so it's all or nothing this year. So, <clears throat> I look yeah, at he's, he's going to the NBA. I don't know. I don't know, Tarvin. <clears throat> There's whispers that it might be Minnesota. That Adelman doesn't have too much longer there. <clears throat> and he, what, are you talking about warm Minnesota Timberwolves? Yeah, he, he'd rather, he's rather warm to the idea of keeping love there. So, we'll yeah. see. But I don't know. He's pretty loyal yeah. to Michigan State, though. I mean, pretty good gig. <laughs> well, Tarvin, you just informed because I didn't know Florida was doing that well. Yeah, Florida is the best team in the tournament right now, the number one overall seed. And, Trey, while we're talking about it, the second Sweet 16 matchup, Virginia-Michigan State. Michigan State is a four seed in this bracket, in this region. Virginia is a one, and yet Michigan State is a two-point favorite over Virginia. I have a feeling. I have Michigan State in the final four, Trey. This Virginia team is, is being underlooked, even though they're a number one seed. They play very disciplined. They play team ball, very physical team. They're very patient. This could be a tough matchup for Michigan State, and if they don't play better than they did last week, they're going to get beat in this round. Oh, it'll definitely be a good game. I mean, Virginia is a, a really a tested team. I mean, they ran the gauntlet of the ACC. They won the tournament. They won the uh, regular season. My problem with Virginia has been the big game. I mean, that's where um, if you're looking at Virginia, they've had they've had trouble against big teams in big games. I mean, look at VCU plays very good defense. They lost in the very beginning of the season. Uh, that was one of those games where you, you expected them to, you know, really be up for because it's a Virginia State game. Uh, they, they struggled against Wisconsin. Uh, so these teams that play really tough defense, uh, they struggled against this year. In fact, I mean, you got to remember, Virginia got beat pretty badly at Tennessee uh, yeah. as well. So, you know, I look at Virginia and I see a team who can be shut down. Yeah, and Jason, uh, you're on the phone still, I hope. And uh, so there's yeah. two reasons why I'm picking Michigan State. And, I mean, these are the main two. Uh, they play in the Big Ten Conference. They, they, I've seen what they can do. They're, they're healthy. But Tom Izzo, number two, you get him 
a week to prepare. I think that's the difference here. I mean, this team right here has been tested. They've, I mean, they, they've, they've shown there's a Big Ten stronger than the ACC right now. And Tom Izzo, I think he understands this is his chance uh, to make the Final Four. That's why I'm picking Michigan State over Virginia. I think it's going to be uh, between a five- and seven-point game. But I think Michigan State pulls it out for those reasons. What do you think? Um, <clears throat> Michigan State is bigger. That's going to be it. Um, you know, Izzo isn't going to have to scheme for anything. He's just going to play Michigan State basketball. I mean, he he ain't changing anything. Um, I, I I agree. I, it it might even be double digits, ten. Virginia's yep. got to show up. I mean, that that's what it boils down to. I mean, that last game they kind of did. Because I mean, it it is it. it, it it is March Madness. Anything can happen. So, <laughs> dupe shot. It's like every, everything comes back to reality. It seems like everybody's in this daze the first couple of – or the first weekend, and then all of a sudden reality sets in, and you see these teams – now the pressure gets even greater, Trey. You have these teams now, they have a week to think about it. In the tournament, you have one day to prepare, really, and you're going off adrenaline, emotion. Now that the emotion's gone, it, it's all about coaching – and it's all about execution, Trey, and, and I like Michigan State. And You know, we have Iowa State, Connecticut. You know, Iowa State lost their best player, Trey. I, I don't know about Connecticut much this year. I know they're not the Connecticut of old. So why is Connecticut successful now? They're a seven seed. They come out and beat St. Joe's. They beat Villanova. Here they are with a chance to knock off a very good Iowa State team. And, you know, they're only a one-point underdog. The, who is the, the Iowa State or UConn's underdog? UConn's a one-point underdog, and they're a seven seed. Yeah, that's a little surprising. Um, yeah, I mean, obviously Iowa State is, is a really good, solid basketball team with with a lot of depth, which is one of the reasons why they've done really well. You know, UConn is one of those teams, Tarvin, that they started off uh, playing a pretty weak schedule. They looked really good doing it. I mean, you remember UConn has a win against Florida this year. So this is a team uh, that has played tough competition well. I mean, they lost by two to Stanford earlier in the year as well. And, I mean, that, that turns out to be a pretty good win. I mean, they had a couple of weird losses. I mean, and so you really didn't know at some point what team was going to show up for UConn because, I mean, um, this was a team that got beat by four, you know, at Houston. Um, but they, they beat some tough teams this year. I mean, they didn't look great against Louisville. But uh, I'll say this, Tarvin. I mean, UConn – can play with the best competition. So, I mean, I, I think this is a toss-up, but this game could go either way. Yeah. Uh, Iowa State, to me, didn't impress me against North Carolina. I thought they should have wiped the floor with North Carolina. But let's remember, they did lose their number one player. One one thing that benefits Iowa State is now they've had a week to prepare without their player. They, they've had a week to go through. They have confidence from beating North Carolina they do know they can win, and that's big in this tournament. You have to be confident. And I think the second part is, really, there's nothing to lose now. If they lose, oh, well, they lost their player, they have an excuse. But there's nothing to lose for Iowa State in this game. And it's kind of like the Dayton and Stanford game. Neither team has anything to lose. You have Dayton comes in 11th seed. They beat Ohio State. That was their Iron Bowl, really. That was their, their huge uh, rival game. And then they turn around and beat Syracuse. So, the confidence level of Dayton right now, Trey, do they play with house money or do they come in thinking they can beat Stanford and, and, and their their goal is the Final Four, really? 
Well, I, I think they can beat Stanford. And I do want to say this about UConn and Tarvin is Iowa State runs the same offense that, that Louisville does, the same scheme. And, and the closest game Louisville played them in three three matchups was 10 points. And their other two weren't as it was 12, and the other one was a blowout. So uh, UConn could get routed against Iowa State. They, they, they struggle against that scheme. Uh, but I, I think Dayton, who actually could run away with the Stanford game, I think that game could also go either way, depending on how, how hot Stanford gets shooting the ball. But Dayton is one of those teams that I think just are playing so loose right now that they're really scary. Well, Jason, I don't know how much you follow Dayton and Stanford, but I think this could be the buzzsaw, I mean, really the size of Stanford and their discipline on defense. I think Dayton could struggle in this matchup. Serious. I mean, Stanford, I can't believe they're here. I, I can't believe they're here more than Dayton, really. Well, <clears throat> you know, they say history repeats itself, so <clears throat> I don't know. I'm never right on March Madness, Tarvin. <laughs> I mean, never. So, um, Who is? <laughs> you know, I mean, to be honest, I could care less about either team, so they're not in my final well, I have some teams that you'll like right here. And this is an intriguing matchup to me, Trey. Tennessee comes out of nowhere. They get a play-in game. I think that was unfair. I think they deserve to be in the tournament without proving themselves first. They beat Iowa. They beat six-seed UMass. They got lucky and got to play a 14-seed Mercer. But here they are with a chance to go to the Elite Eight and play a Michigan team that just seems on fire. What happens if Michigan can't hit their shots and Tennessee down low dominates. I mean, Vegas has this as a two-point game, and that surprises me. I thought Michigan would be favored more, but there's a mismatch trade somewhere in this game. I mean, who do you like and why? Yeah, this is where I think Tennessee's run ends. I think Michigan's going to pull away in this game in the second half. I think they're just too too many shooters for Michigan. They're, they're, they're too good. Um, Tennessee now has one elite tour, and I think Michigan has the ability to shut them down. So, I mean, obviously Tennessee, if, if they're hot as they've been, they're going to be able to play with anybody. But I think this is where Tennessee's run ends, and I think Michigan is going to control this game. Jason, how good is Michigan? You're a Big Ten man. How good are they? <clears throat> Disciplined. That's all I'll say. Disciplined. But I love Tennessee Tarvin. I, I won't lie, man. I, I I thoroughly enjoyed watching them play so far. I mean, they're hot, but in the end, discipline will win. They're very disciplined. You know, I have Michigan in my final four, and this game yeah, scares me to death. This game, Trey, Jason, Sonia, this scares me because Tennessee, you talk about house money right now. These guys are playing their best basketball. They're not even supposed to be in the tournament, really. And oh, here they, they are, no, Trey. Nothing to lose. What? They yeah, nothing, nothing to lose. lose. I mean, nothing to lose. A coach that's just over there holding a clipboard, really, it seems like. Everybody's talking about we want him fired. We want Bruce Pearl back. But all of a sudden, this Tennessee team is a two-point underdog, and I guarantee you they're probably going to wreck my bracket. But one good Sorry, thing, man. I have Wisconsin in the finals. <laughs> Darby, you know what's going to happen? Tennessee and Florida are going to get to the Elite Eight, and then all those chants of SEC. SEC, yeah. I'm going to puke. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't think so. No, Michigan's going to win this one. 
Oh, God. Trey, you're picking Michigan. I'm going to pick Michigan because I have them in my bracket, but I'm going to put it on record. I am scared. I'm really scared. I'm interested to see this game. Another game I'm waiting to see, Baylor-Wisconsin. Now, this game is probably the most intriguing game, the second most intriguing game behind Louisville-Kentucky. But, Trey, this Baylor team has showed all of a sudden how good they are. I think they can beat anyone in the country. I think they can win it all. But here they are playing a Wisconsin team that plays good defense. They can score. They can do it all. And they, they, they come from a better conference, in my opinion. So are you intrigued by Baylor-Wisconsin as much as I am? Yeah, Tyler, I'll tell you, I think Baylor um, is super dangerous in this game. I mean, this team, um, you know, I, we talked about this in the Big 12 tournament. I said, well, they ran into Iowa State, who's a, who just was a better team at the time. But when I looked at Baylor, and, and we were talking about it at first, it's because of their jerseys. I mean, it was one of those things. But then you know, we started watching them play, and they, just, they are clicking on every single cylinder imaginable right now. And I think if you look at their schedule uh, and you look at what they did throughout the year, um, you know, there there was some test they had to pass, some last-second hurrah, if you will. I mean, it, they beat Dayton by a single point. And, you know, you, at the time you look back at that game, you're like, well, that didn't mean much. Well, now it means a little bit more. Um, they beat Kentucky. You know, I mean, so this is a team uh, that has beat a couple of teams that, that, that now makes us consider – them a little bit better. I mean, they had a huge losing streak in the middle of the season. They had some injuries. They weren't playing well together. But they're healthy and they're and they're ready now, Tarvin. And I think they, be, they I think they beat Wisconsin. Ooh, uh, that's that's bold. And I think this break hurts Baylor. I think this week off really the time to set in. You don't want to play Baylor if it was the day after you played them. What was it Sunday? I think Wisconsin, with the time to prepare, Bo Ryan is a phenomenal coach, but Baylor is a more athletic team. It's it's going to be interesting. I have Wisconsin. Jason, are you picking Baylor or Wisconsin? Um, can I see? Hold on. Gopher split with them this year, so, I mean, Wisconsin's hit or miss. <clears throat> Baylor's big. I mean, big. <laughs> but Wisconsin can – they can shoot the hell out of the ball. So, I don't know. I, 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 I'm I, going to be a homer and say Wisconsin. And I'm going to say because when um, Wisconsin played Minnesota in the big tournament, Minnesota beat them 83-57. to 57. So, it depends. It depends on <laughs> it, who shows up. It depends on which Wisconsin team shows up, but Baylor has been consistent. And I'm, I'm thinking that just they just might pull it out. Yeah, I mean this is one of the most interesting games I've seen in a while. The matchups it's going to be amazing. I believe that game's Friday. I could be wrong. I think it's Friday, but we'll see in a minute. Arizona, San Diego State. Everybody thinks this is a snoozer. They think Arizona is going to run away with this game, Trey. San Diego State comes in a seven-point underdog, eight depending on where you look. Does San Diego State have what it takes to match up with this Arizona team? Arizona seems like they're playing their best basketball now. So what do you think? Well, I mean, a lot of people hyped San Diego State, and, and honestly I didn't buy into it. 
So now, obviously, I'm reconsidering. I mean, yeah, they're they're in the Mountain West, and part of the reason why I think a lot of people maybe were giving them more credit. The Mountain West wasn't wasn't a bad conference uh, this year. They're usually pretty solid, but uh, I, I'm still I just can't get over my initial doubts of San Diego State. I mean, I looked at their schedule and you know, Tarvin, I wasn't super impressed with their what they did this year. I mean, I just didn't see a whole lot to really put my head on. I mean, granted, they're 31-4, and four, um, but this is a team who lost by nine to Arizona earlier in the year. So, I mean, I, I think sometimes uh, teams figure out other teams. I, I think that we're going to see about the similar result. All right. Jason, who do you like? Well, I got Arizona winning it all, so. <laughs> no, I mean, what I'm impressed probably the most with Arizona, because I, I watched them pretty much <clears throat> all season. They lost their, their best player at the beginning of the season. And everyone was saying, oh, that's it, they're done. Arizona won't recover from this. And they figured it out. <clears throat> and they figured it out pretty early. So, you know, that. yeah, I like them. I like them. Sonia, you like Arizona too? Uh, I'll go with my hubby on this one, but I just have to say Mercer, (laughs) Dayton, (laughs) just anything can happen. You Mm -hmm. just never know. It depends on who shows up and who wants it more because, uh, what was it, Ohio State, Duke, they were heavily favored, and look where they are. Ohio State sucks. So, hey, well, you always say Ohio State sucks. Yep, it is March Madness. Anything can happen. And talking about anything can happen, there's a team. This is the number one game, in my opinion. Everybody can have their own. But Louisville, Kentucky, you have an in-state rival. You have a coach, Rick Pitino, that coached at Kentucky. Now he's at Louisville. The defending champion, Louisville Cardinals, they're disrespected with a four seed. You have the Kentucky Wildcats that people were laughing at, thinking they could win a game in the tournament. Here they are. I've been on their bandwagon all season. I wanted to get off. I jumped off one time, and I didn't go all the way off. I came back on once they almost (laughs) beat Florida. So here we are with the game of the night, Friday night, Louisville-Kentucky trade. This is the game. Uh, Louisville's a four-point favorite, but I I have problems thinking Louisville's going to win because I just don't know how they're going to generate their points. Kentucky's playing with a lot of confidence. They're playing on both sides of the ball, Trey. Who do you like in this game? Are you going with the favorite, Louisville? Yeah, I am. I think Louisville's going to be too much for Kentucky. Uh, they've been here before. They're tested. Um, big games aren't going to scare them. I, I still think that Kentucky can fall into um, the individual players playing for themselves. And the Harrison guys, Tarvin, had the games of their lives. Um the last tournament game, and I'm not so sure they can play out of their minds uh, for two consecutive games. I and mean, they're very talented, I mean, but they were almost perfect. I mean, that's that's and that, that's pretty hard to do two games in a row. So I think Randall's consistent down low, but I think overall uh, Louisville pulls it out late. All right, Jason, who do you like in this in this epic matchup here? You have two teams, I think that are better than their seeds say. I think Louisville should be a little higher. I think Kentucky should, but it's all on the line in this matchup. I'm thinking Kentucky. Um, from what I see, yeah. it, when they have to play, they play. You know, and at times during the season, 
When they had a play, they played. They're at the point of their season where every game they have to play, and I think they know that. So, <sighs> close. It's going to be a close game. I mean, two great coaches. Um, I don't know. I'm just not Kentucky. I- I'll take Kentucky. Sonia, who do you have? Uh, I can't go against the Patino, man. <laughs> I think Louisville will pull it out, but I gotta agree with Jace because Kentucky can show up, and 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 what Trey said was very true. If they play as a team, then they'll show up. But if it's you know if they've got that NBA mentality already, yeah, if they bring their egos, man, they're gonna yeah. get, they're gonna get killed. They're gonna get killed. But it, it either way, it's gonna be a great game, and that's one game that I'm definitely gonna watch. I'm definitely looking forward to that one. But plus, I think Louisville. Plus it's, plus, it's an interstate rival, man. What a classic! Yeah, that's that's the main thing of this, and and there's a lot of hate. The fans, I can't wait to see the crowd in this game. But one thing, you know, when I picked my bracket out, when I filled it out, I was still thinking Louisville. Oh, they're going to be pissed there. But I started watching Louisville and reviewing Louisville. And I'll be honest, I'm not as sold on Louisville as I was when I picked this bracket. I do have Louisville making it past this round and then losing to Michigan. Uh, but, look, I, if Kentucky can keep playing the team ball, if they can – I mean, I don't think Louisville can score enough. Who's going to score a trade for Louisville besides Smith, really, and Hancock? Their defense can extend out to the perimeter and call it, force Louisville to go inside, and that's where Kentucky dominates. I think if you look at the matchup, and if you watch basketball, you'll see this is a very bad matchup for Louisville. Kentucky, remember, Trey, early in the season beat Louisville, and I know that doesn't matter really, but where, where's Louisville going to generate their points? No, I mean, that, that, could, that could be it. I mean, that's going to take the Harrisons uh, playing really well. Uh, and I'm not, like I said, I'm not so sure that they're going to do what they did. You know, and I'm not defensively as well. It, and it's possible, Tarvin, you're absolutely right. Kentucky has the ability and the body is to shut down Louisville. Uh, well, and you know, just to be to see if they play as a team. I just, I'm not scared of Louisville this year. Like I, when I watched them in person last year at the Final Four, that team was intimidating. But this year, Jason, I'm not seeing that intimidation. Why is that? Is it because some players left Louisville, or, or is it because I don't know? Why, why is that? No, they lost. They lost players. Um, I wasn't. Last year, I wasn't afraid of them either. I mean, last year, to be honest with you, it kind of shocked me. I mean, I didn't have them pick going as far as they went. So, I, it's not the same team. I mean, yeah, he had turnover. That's what it is. Yeah. Vegas, I don't think, and, and I'll give you some, I'll give you some stats right bench, quick. That, do what, Jason? I don't think his bench goes that deep either. Like, he, he doesn't go deep in his bench for his talent. So. Yeah. That's a good know. point. I look at the population, what they say, and I'm I'm a contrarian, really, Trey. And Louisville is 19% of the people are, are taking Louisville, 81% Kentucky with the points. But a lot of people have, you know, Kentucky winning this game. That scares me because usually – People are wrong. The majority is wrong when it comes to stuff like this, but I just wanted to throw that out there and see if that changed your mind any, Trey. 
No, I think I think Kentucky's going to be a sexy pick right now because you know, people are going to assume that the talent is finally playing together. And if they are, I mean, geez, Tarvin, I mean, they have like three number one picks and like in their top ten picks in their team. So I mean, if they play together, I mean, look out. I mean, we've we've been saying that for two years. You know, I mean, that can they do it? Can they play together? Um, and, and maybe now, maybe now, two years into this, maybe they will. Well, you got to know it's one year. Most, all these starters are freshmen. It's just a mindset, well, really. We said the same thing last year when all the guys were freshmen, too, is what I'm saying. Yeah, but finally something clicked. Maybe Calipari learned how to coach a little better. But, Sonia and Jason, thanks for coming on tonight and joining us. It was a treat having you two. Well, thank you guys for having us. It was, it was good to talk to you guys again and have some uh, casual sports talk. And to catch up with Mr. Trey, um, Trey, is Ari still saying Roll Tide Roll the way I taught him? <laughs> I, I don't think you said it yet, Sonia. <laughs> we'll work he on that. The, and I've got, and I've got one coming. Work, work, out pretty well. <laughs> well, I've got one coming for, um, for my little sweetie, too. So we got to handle her. But thanks, guys, for having us on, and we'll see you Sunday, right? Sunday night. We'll be here. Awesome. Well, thanks so much. We really appreciate it. Thank y'all. Y'all have a great night. And Trey, I forgot to ask you, how's your wife and my kids? That's that pretty good, pretty good. Remember that Major League? I love that movie. Um, yeah. But really, talk about real quick before we go. There's How many teams right now in the Sweet 16 do you think could win this whole thing? Hmm. I don't think Dayton can. I don't think Stanford can. I don't think San Diego can. I don't think Tennessee yeah. can. Those four, yeah. and I, I don't think Iowa State or Connecticut can. So would you think 10 teams could win it? Yeah, I'm, I'm going to say UCLA can't. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to say Florida can I'm going to say Baylor can. I'm going to say Arizona can. I'm going to say Wisconsin can. I know you may not agree with that. I think Louisville can, Kentucky can, Michigan can. Tennessee, Trey, I don't know. I mean, I just, I just don't think they – you don't see no. many 11 seeds playing teams win a national championship, so I'm just going to go by the odds there. But, you know, there's a few that can win it. But are you still happy with your final four besides Oklahoma State, or you feel, are you still feeling confident? No, I, so I still think it's. I mean, if I had to take out Oklahoma State, I'd feel great if I had Arizona in there right now. I mean, um, but you know, I don't. So I mean, I, I think those are the teams that are playing that's still the best right now. Uh, but you never know. I mean, you're, the break always means something to somebody, and it's going to depend on which teams come out cold. Well, I mean, I, I usually don't give myself much credit. You know, I'm a humble person, Trey, but. This Kentucky pick to the Sweet 16 has got me feeling very confident, very good here, and I, I'm, I'm just hoping that they can make it another round. I won't be surprised. In my bracket, I have Louisville. I'm not going to take credit if they make it any further than this, but I, I do believe in Kentucky guys. On paper right now, if they're playing together, they're the best team in the country. I don't care about seniors. I don't care about experience. I'm caring about the talent that I see on that court. It's going to be hard for them to do it. I mean, Calipari, if he wins this trade, I mean, is he up there for the best coach in the country if he pulls this pulls this out and wins a championship? 
Well, I mean, he's considered um, one of the better coaches in the country. Um, certainly every championship you get puts you a, lot, a little bit higher than the next coach. But it's really going to shoot the philosophy down. If he wins this championship with his Kentucky team, it's all these people saying this one and done won't work. He just blew it up. And <laughs> I think it's going to start happening more and more. So, I mean, I, I just don't understand how Krzyzewski loses his first round of Mercer trade and then you see a coach like Calipari come out and make the Sweet 16, and everybody still says Coach K is the best coach. I don't know if I'm buying that anymore. I'm really not buying it anymore, Trey. No, he's, he's, yeah, he's a better coach. I mean, there's, there's for sure. Um, no, I'm talking but, about the best coach in the country. Well, I think he's better than – yeah, I think he's better than uh, Calipari um, for sure. But whether I mean Bass is it's so hard yeah. to figure out. I mean he's one of the elite for sure. I don't think there's any guy right now who I'd say is, is clear and above the others. Now history speaking wise, Shashevsky's up there higher. But we're talking about the guy who's coaching right now at the highest level. Uh, I think there's a lot of guys who are equal. Yeah, I just don't think you lose the Mercer if you're a good coach or a great coach, elite coach. Honestly, I'll just put it out there. But hey, Jason Humphrey. <laughs> Well, Hello. Jay, Jay, Jason was going to come on, but after that, Trey, I think he'll have to call in another night. Uh, everybody out there calling, please make sure you don't have your speaker phone on and all the noise around you is going. My eardrum just busted. I don't know about yours, Trey, but I can't hear out of my left ear right now. Oh, man. That's a better. I'm going to try him. I'm going to try him again. Jason, if you're listening right now, shut off everything around you. I'm bringing you back on. Hey, guys. How hey. are you guys doing tonight? Good, Jason. How you doing, buddy? Good to hear from you. Pretty good. Pretty good. I just got to say about the tournament, Ogden nearly beat it at Wisconsin. Yeah, they did. That was a good yeah. thing. What, 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 what about Arizona? How are they going to do um, I, I think Arizona's a really good team. I got San Diego State winning, so I'm going for the underdog on that one. Well, Jason, Kentucky, Louisville, who do you have? I, I got Louisville. I got Florida, Louisville in my national target, so I'm sticking with my picks. So. Well, that's, well, that's a good pick, Jason. Thanks for calling in, buddy. I appreciate it. That's not a bad pick, Trey. Florida, Louisville, not too bad. Anything you want to add no. before we go tonight? No, man. We'll see you. See you in the Sweet 16. All right, Sunday night we'll be here to break it all down for you a little more deeper than we did. I can't wait to watch these games and, and get back on the air. Just a note: we'll probably start a little later Sunday night. Trey, I have to umpire five games Sunday, and I probably won't be finished till about 8:30. So we'll probably start at nine or 9:30. We'll go an hour. That's all we'll go, but we'll break down all of these games and do it good. So we'll see you Sunday night, um, probably around 9 Eastern, somewhere around in there. But we'll make sure we'll, we'll bring you all the information and news. And, Trey, have a great week. Great job as always, and we'll see you then. See you, Mike.